If you're in a relationship with an Enneagram 8, then you should know that their ego is constantly telling them that if they let their guard down, people will take advantage of them. In the 8's mind, only the strong survive, which makes toughness a primary concern. That's not to say their romantic relationships can't be oodles of fun, it just means they're a real force to be reckoned with. So on that note, here are my five key themes to know if you're in a relationship with an Enneagram 8. First up, intensity fuels intimacy. Second, adversity breeds clarity. Third, retreat is not defeat. Fourth, autonomy is non-negotiable. And last, compromise versus control. Okay, that's our roadmap. Ready? Let's get into it. The most unmistakable character trait for all type 8 challengers is their intensity. Anything the 8 deeply cares about will become something they want to constantly consume, protect, or amplify in some way. They can be a bit obsessive because of the sheer amount of energy they bring to things they love. So if that's you, you best be ready for the full court press. Now, the dark side of the 8's intensity is often described as lust because they just crave more and more of what they enjoy. It's like, it's not enough to go skiing, you gotta go hella skiing. And if you break your arm, you just gotta push through that shit and keep skiing. The 8's lust isn't necessarily tied to excessive sexual activity, but rather a deep struggle to contain this raw energy that just wants to expand at all times. This comes from the eighth place within the gut group of the triad centers. And if you wanna know more about those, I've got a full video on them linked in the description below. In short, all gut types are guided by their primal instincts. And those instincts wanna keep us alive by resisting or dominating the environmental forces that impact our survival, like weather, predators, scarce food, etc. That instinctual resistance to their environment creates a ton of inner tension and aggression, which then mixes with the eight's lustful vitality and boom, you've got their unique brand of intensity. So what does that all mean for your relationship? Well, it tends to mean that eights are gonna treat sex, arguing, working late, gaining wealth and physical challenges in general as an essential part of a meaningful yet enjoyable life. And remember, anything eights enjoy, they tend to do in excess. That's the lust at work. However, those traits can be a great thing if you wanna, let's say, build a family business or stay up all night finishing a DIY project or travel the world or run marathons together. You're just gonna have to be really clear when you need to tap out because eights assume that if they're having fun, then everyone must be having fun. Last important thing to note is that when eights fall in love, they can actually soften quite a bit, which makes the stereotypical eight persona fade away. Eights take on the traits of the type two helper when they feel secure in a loving relationship. This theory is called the movement of integration, and it's essentially a metaphor for the way we embody different traits when we feel secure versus when we feel stressed. The eight to two movement looks like them taking all that intense energy and focusing it on the needs of their loved ones. Integrated eights stop worrying about their own power and instead focus on empowering their partner by supporting their goals or meeting their needs. Okay, before I make eights too uncomfortable by getting all lovey-dovey, I'll move on to the next theme, which is all about facing adversity. Enneagram eights are called the challenger because their ego drives them to establish their identity by dominating other people, solving complex problems, or just overcoming adverse experiences in general. Eights feel the most locked in when they have something coming at them that they can then react to. In boxing, you'd call them a counterpuncher because they prefer their opponent to swing first so they can slip and then counterpunch before their opponent has time to block. Now, in romantic relationships, eights wanna know two things. First, that their partner is too loyal to ever take a swing at them. And second, that if life takes a swing at their partner, that they're gonna be strong enough to defend themselves on their own. Eights will actively provoke their loved ones to see how tough they are and make sure that they're not gonna run at the first sign of adversity. 
They're also just horribly uncomfortable expressing their true feelings directly. And so these aggressive interactions are their way of indirectly communicating how they really feel and that they love you. This is often why eights are seen as argumentative, combative, or just flat out assholes because they value the energy, intimacy, and clarity they experience from conflict. And that's super important because eights love clarity. They are concrete thinkers at their core and they have no time for useless theories, irrational emotion, or mixed motives. If eights feel like their partner isn't being clear about what they want and what they need, that actually feels like an attack on the relationship. I'll talk more about this in the next theme, but eights take on many of the type five's behavior when they're stressed out, and one of which is a heightened level of suspicion. When eights don't feel connected to their partner, they start to suspect that they've got one foot out the door or that their partner is simply too weak to handle them. Eights have a deep fear of abandonment, often because they were abandoned by those that were supposed to protect them as children, and so they had to grow up really fast. This is also why loyalty becomes such a huge virtue to eights. Eights are sort of like a mafia boss in a relationship. They gotta test you to trust you, and any slightly suspicious activity could signal a catastrophic betrayal. The best thing their partners can do is accept that fighting is kind of their love language, and that it's better to be brutally honest because eights will actually interpret that as a sign that you're fully committed to the relationship. On the flip side, as eights become healthier individuals, they feel less of a need to push against people's boundaries, and they respect that not everyone is as energized by facing adversity or dealing with conflict as they are. All right, time to move on to our next theme, which is what happens when eights don't feel as capable of facing adversity as they normally do. As you experience relational tension with an eight, you'll notice this pattern of them first moving against you and then moving away from you. It's not even necessarily tied to conflict. It can just be tied to the eight feeling like they've overextended themselves or exposed some weakness in some way. Eights wanna feel energized and powerful at all times. And so they hate feeling tired, emotional, or overly vulnerable, even with people they love. When eights feel drained, they tend to retreat into isolation, away from their heart, out of the body and into their head, all of which is characterized by this movement of disintegration to the type five investigator. Stressed out eights convince themselves that more information is the key to regaining their power and independence. It's like they tell themselves, okay, the physical approach backfired, time for the mental approach. This tends to look like watching hours of YouTube, scouring the internet, and plotting a myriad of different ways to get their power back. Eights believe the right strategy is out there somewhere, and they just need to hide away for a while so they can go find it. This isolating movement to five also feels like the perfect combination of strength and safety. It's their bat cave, and it feels impenetrable. Problem is, eights can get way too comfortable down there in that bat cave, which makes them increasingly suspicious, obsessive, and isolated. However, for average eights, they don't go so far as to construct that mental or physical bat cave. What they do instead is compartmentalize their entire life so that they never feel too exposed in any one area or with any one person. They keep their work separate from their marriage, their marriage separate from their friends, and their friends separate from each other, so on and so forth. Think of it like an intricate set of bridges connected to the eight's island. Every relationship is a bridge to another island, and if the eight should ever start to feel unsafe with anyone across that bridge, they just retreat back to their island and burn that bridge down. Now, in long-term romantic relationships, eights can build some highly reinforced, disaster-proof bridges connecting them to their partners. But at the end of the day, that bridge is still connected to their own personal island, party of one. And that's the perfect segue to our next theme, which is all about the eight's need for autonomy. Enneagram 8s will not, under any circumstance, 
be controlled. They may restrain themselves for a moment if it behooves them in the long run, but they are wild animals at their core that just need to run free. Like the cast of Yellowstone, eights are a bunch of rugged individuals. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't be big old softies when they're in love, but they're never so tied to the relationship that they won't go off for years on end to pursue their own goals. Eights just need to feel free enough to fight for what they believe in, and while they'll protect their family at all costs, they won't necessarily stick around for all those daily chores or picking up the kids from school. Eights know that emotions, like love, are binding forces that limit what you can and cannot do. So the ideal relationship scenario for eights would be having an equally strong, independent partner that makes them feel totally supported without ever making them feel smothered or controlled. Again, see Beth and Rip from Yellowstone. The eight's desire to be the boss of their own life also makes them resent anyone that questions their decisions because A, they're strong enough to do whatever the hell they want, and B, questioning their decisions feels like a judgment, which then feels eerily similar to a lack of loyalty. And at this point, you should know that's a huge red flag for eights. Another major aspect of the eights' desire for autonomy is seen in their pursuit of financial independence. Eights are worldly people at their core, and they know all too well that money makes the world go round, and so they do their best to either attain wealth or totally minimize their needs so they can afford to live free without relying on anyone else's support. If eights somehow aren't the breadwinner in the family, then they tend to get very uneasy because that puts their safety and security in the hands of someone else's income. And even if that someone else is their loving spouse, it's just not ideal. Okay, last thing to note here is that eights are very much like sevens when it comes to boredom. You don't want a bored seven or eight in the house because they start breaking shit. Like I said earlier, eights are wild animals that need to run free. So if your eight is getting increasingly irritable, probably time to open that front door and send them out on some adventure somewhere. All right, time to move on to our fifth and final theme, which is all about the most offensive C word to an eight, compromise. One of the various definitions of the word compromise is to accept standards that are lower than desired. Also, to compromise something means to weaken it, like having a compromised immune system or to compromise your integrity. All of that is the way eights interpret the word compromise, and it just sounds like nails on a chalkboard to their aggressive little spirit. So it's an unfortunate reality for them that every healthy, loving relationship is built upon compromise. The reason eights have so much trouble in this department is because they have major control issues. This usually stems from their difficult childhood when life felt unpredictable or downright dangerous. This is just a general pattern, but many eights had an absent father, and so their mother tried to step in and play both parental roles, which usually means she did neither role very well. Eights may love their mom, but in general, they just have mixed feelings about the nurturing figure's role in their life, and they don't tend to respect their ability to navigate the real world. This perception is why eights lean so aggressively into the role of the protective, authoritative figure in their own relationships. For eights, Having authority feels like being in complete control of your environment, which also just makes them feel safe. Now, since feeling in control and feeling safe are so intertwined, eights react harshly against anything that challenges their sense of control. This can turn really small disagreements into a major battle, and innocent mistakes can be cause for severe punishment. An unintentional and somewhat ironic outcome of all this controlling behavior is often that the eights' loved ones become so fearful and submissive that the eight actually starts to lose respect for them. Unhealthy eights dismiss the people they've conquered as weak or irrationally emotional, and so they stop searching for a middle ground on which to build a mutually beneficial relationship. The only thing that makes an eight willing to acknowledge the unfair, oppressive nature of their need for control is when they have a truly humbling experience that makes them realize their need for forgiveness. Eights 
have the hardest time with forgiveness of all Enneagram types because their wounds are what they use to justify their bad behavior, their need for control, and of course, their lack of compromise. Again, referencing their childhood, eights felt like no one compromised what they wanted to help me, so why should I? Especially now that I've got the power. I'm not gonna go too deep into the therapeutic benefits of grief work, but it's a huge factor in the eights' ability to both forgive those that have hurt them and release their unrealistic desire for control. Healthy eights that have gone through this kind of soul work become some of the most loving, gentle, supportive, and sacrificial people you'll ever meet as they start using their immense energy and power all for the good of others. All right, that's a nice place to end this fifth and final theme for relationships with Enneagram eights. All we've got left now is one final brief bonus section all about the eights love language. If you need a refresher, the five love languages are physical touch, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation. Now, there's always a slight difference in how we choose to show love versus how we receive it. But for eights, I would say that quality time comes up pretty high in both areas. Eights thrive on intense connection, be it physical or mental. And that kind of intensity only happens when you're spending real quality time together. I also feel like it's probably safe to say that words of affirmation fall near the bottom of the list for most eights, as they believe that actions speak louder than words. But hey, if you're an eight and you disagree with that assessment, let me know in the comments, as I'm sure you're already gonna do. <laughs> okay, folks, that's a wrap on this overview of the Enneagram 8's major relationship themes. I've got videos on each Enneagram relationship pairing for type 8's coming out next, so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the great content that I've got planned for you and your loved ones. Just wanna say that I really appreciate you watching. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of You've Got a Type.